Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Speak to my heart. That encouraged me, so I know it. That will bring new life. Mm. Words on the wings of the morning, the dark night will fade away if you speak to my heart. Lord, we pray tonight mm, that you would do just that. Speak to our hearts. We are absolutely 100% desperate for you. We can't wait on anyone else. We're waiting on you. We're dependent on you. God, we tried some other help aids, but they let us down. Hallelujah, but you have not. Mm. Glory, 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 glory. But I just pray that as we get into your word, you would help us see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation in my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You're my strength and redeemer, and every glad and happy heart say amen. amen. Give God praise in this place. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for being here tonight and answering the call to be in the family meeting. Uh, let me start by saying this won't, maybe it might feel like a traditional Bible study. It may not feel like a traditional Bible study. Um, it's an open-ended format. In other words, I am trusting that I will land on the things that the Lord wants me to land on. And I, uh, I have a plethora of things I can share, but I want to spend the time uh, speaking on the things that the Lord has really put his finger on for this particular house. Let me set some context so kind of what's going on um, so you can um, really enjoy what the Lord is doing. Um, this, this started maybe a couple of years ago when the Lord began to lay um, uh, these three words that I'm going to be expressing over the next several weeks on my heart. Um, it would be easy, easy for me to just uh, dig into what I have said previously and just give that to you. But I feel like there's just something fresh I'm trying to uh, mine out from the Lord um, that I might give it uh, to you now. It is significant that we capture what the Lord is doing uh, so that we can actually be effectual in our ministry in the coming uh, year of 2022. The reason it was urgent that I speak to you is for the benefit of your life and someone else's life. Uh, in Christ. There's three things over the next three weeks I'm going to deal with. Let me tell you the context of number one. And it's the word consecration. It is a, a missed word. I mean, we know the word, we say the word, but we don't actually deeply interact with the word. In fact, I find in the Christian faith, 
right now in my own life even that I'm more interested in my liberties in Christ than my consecration in Christ. I'm more interested in what I get to do than what I get to give up or what I get to remove myself from in order to reflect, to see and reflect more of his glory. It's like I'm desperate for a move of God, but I don't move out of God's way. And so when he began to show me that there are something that we can do in partnership with God that actually invites a greater manifestation of his presence, but it's not just individualistic. It's what we do as a community of believers together. That's why we're here in a family meeting, consecration. I'm going to deal with that more significantly today. When I deal with it, I can land only where the Holy Spirit calls me land, and I'll tell you that maybe he might land on some of the sin patterns that we have all gotten into at some point or another. I know that it's an unpopular thing, even in the house of the Lord, to deal with issues such as sin, what is right, what is wrong, what is good, and what is evil. But you know, at some point, you actually have to just call something out. Now, I don't believe that it's the intent of the Lord to embarrass anyone. I don't believe it's the intent of the Lord to excoriate you or to, or, or to bring you into greater guilt and shame when he's trying to bring you into liberty. But it is something where you have to also face who you actually are, where you actually stand or don't not stand in the body of Christ. The number two thing is once you've dealt with yourself, once you set yourself aside for holy and noble use, can, then God can anoint you. He can give you a greater manifestation of his uh, power upon you, not just his indwelling, but his, but, but his infilling. God upon you to do great and mighty and powerful acts. I feel like sometimes we want to do the acts for God. We want to do the mighty exploits for God, but we don't want to sanctify ourselves for God. I, I liken that unto our, Samu uh, our uh, Samson condition, who who stayed in his sin pattern and also stayed that knowing that his gift and his calling was about repentance, we can see the damage that happened to his own life, the benefit that happened to Israel, but the damage that happened to him. And I believe that the Lord would want to spare us from having preached to others and, our, and we ourselves become castaways or, or we ourselves don't maximize what this life is supposed to bring to us and to others. Thirdly, I feel like when I look in the world and I look at the uh, supernatural things that are on TV and on movies and everything else, it's as if, as if, as it is as if the world has um, cornered the market on supernatural activity. And they have given you uh, an imagination for what is evil and what is celestial and what is, you know, you know, extraterrestrial. And it's all out there. And we're so enamored with it that the things of the real supernatural God just grow strangely dim and, 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 and obscured and, and kind of out of the way and put to the side as if the God who created the, the universe and spoke something out of nothing is un, incapable of moving supernaturally in your life. And what you find is you are more interested in the natural means of deliverance than the supernatural means to deliverance because you and I know more of the ways that are natural than we know the ways that are spiritual. I hope in the third session to not just uh, have you have identified 
your gift, have you activate it and walk in it and be able to employ it for the benefits of others. Having said that, let me start with the leaders. I feel like it's an opportunity as a family meeting for me to share some of my story as I share some of the scripture. Debbie and I come to a, from a faith tradition where people get intimately involved in each other's life when they're a church family. It wasn't just like whatever's going on in your life is your business, you know, you know what your family deals with or whatever. A church family where we're from meant that everybody was in your business, not as a nosy, uh, uh, busybody or nosy person. They were the people you leaned on. They were the people who knew how many Sundays you missed, how many Wednesdays you missed, Sunday school you missed, or they, they knew. They were, the pastor didn't have to call you. There was somebody in the church that was going to call you because they were that, we were all that deeply connected. My discipleship was, to me, uh, similar to the discipleship of the disciples um, which I don't think we imitate very well in the scriptures. We think a small group somehow is, is holistic enough to fulfill all your discipleship needs, but it is not, my friends. And so what, what type of discipleship the disciples had to get the maximum out of Jesus and the maximum out of their life was like every day, all day. And that seems to us to be a bit excessive. Every day, all day. I want you to remember that I'm saying that because the conclusion of today will, will leave you with some lifestyle changes that will have the word daily in it. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes you come to that, that church service where, man, I shouldn't have came. I'm accountable now. Yeah, I know. This, this is one of those. It's better to, you know, put your finger out and dip out, you know, before they start giving out the, the holy things, you know. Anyway, so they will get into our lives. Debbie's brother, Ronald Winans, um, discipled me. And when I said they got into your life, he was, he was in my life, but he wasn't controlling my life. There was this fear that we have that if I let somebody into my life, too deeply, they'll control me. If I confess my sin, if I'm, if I'm vulnerable, then somebody will have the upper hand over me and, and I'll be lorded over. And, I, and, I, and, and, and so we live so guarded and then we get into secret sin and our secret sin begins to pull us further and further away from the will of God. And then we're in a dark place and we look more like the world than somebody who's consecrated, sanctified, holy, and set apart for holy and noble use for the Lord. Ronald used to get in my life, and, and I get questions like this, which are things I'm, I'm kind of inviting our congregation to engage in. What did you learn in the Word today? That was a normal conversation. What was God saying to you? Man, when you, when you were praying today, show me what did he reveal? Hey, hey. Tell me about the fish, the, the guy or, or girl you, 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 you've been leading to the Lord. Hey, rem, hey, hey, you know, you know, I know, I know we prayed that you have victory over, over this or that. How you doing with your anger, James? You know, last week you told me 
that, you know, you was cussing. Let me park there for a minute. I just felt a stop on the cussing right there. Just go, go to, I felt something say, say, deal with cussing. Swearing, you and bad. Deal with that bitter and sweet coming out the same mouth. It, what I'm about to say about cussing is germane to the lesson tonight because I was deeply born again, but I had a love affair with occasional swearing. You know, I grew up in a house where somebody could swear real good. If you've ever been around somebody who could swear real good, real good, I mean, where you say, you, you waiting on them to say something. <laughs> oh, he, no, he, I can't say that, but whoa, I enjoy him saying it. I knew I wasn't going to swear at some point, but I would call up friends who could cuss out people real good and just say, hey, you know, they got on my nerve. Why don't you do that? I don't, I don't want to violate my conscience, but hey, you don't seem to have a problem with it. The discipleship say, James, he checks on me and say, hey, how, how's it going with your mom? I said, not good. I said, and again, I can't figure out how to stop. Let me just help you. Have you ever been in a sin pattern that you can't figure out how to stop? You know you believe the gospel. You know you've accepted Jesus. You know you call him Lord of your life. And you know that this thing that you, you know is wrong, that sometimes you even call it good so that your conscience don't bother you that bad. Like they needed that, you know. You know, that word is in, the, you know, a donkey is in the Bible, so I can say that. You know, a jack, I can, I can say that. You know, you just justify stuff. Hell's in the Bible, so I can say hell. You know, you justify stuff. I'm talking about. Have you ever been in those patterns? See, I've, I've, I've been stuck in those patterns. And by the way, this is a public pattern. And you also have secret patterns we get stuck in. We're just, we don't stick with the public. Let's just, because we're going to come somewhere tonight that's very vulnerable and very personal. I'm not, I know I'm on a surface subject. It's okay. And I know this sin and iniquity runs much deeper. But he asked the question. He asked the question. It's something about that discipleship that he didn't control me just because he said, tell me how you're doing. How's your faith? How's your, how's your, back in our faith tradition, we would say, are you living holy? Now, that might not be the way you were raised to say something, but it just simply means, how are you reflecting the goodness and the glory and the holiness of the God you serve? questions themselves were forcing me into an environment that was pushing me closer to God instead of further from him from a corporate standpoint. I had an individual relationship with God, which I'm talking about to some degree tonight. And then there was a corporate environment that was created where sin was not tolerated as a community of believers. It wasn't one where you again were excoriated or or you were you were you were you were brought up you were brought up for public ber beratement. It was when we were when when someone was coming to the Lord and they were coming to the 
to the to the altar and they were having the most egregious sin because where I'm from the prostitute really came to the altar the drunkard really came to the altar they they didn't know about deliverance but they were getting deliverance the power of God would hit them and they would be throwing up or they would be shaking or they would be trembling or or the spirit would, would God would move and they and they felt comfortable coming into that environment because they weren't judged they weren't talked down to they were celebrated it was a celebration but they were getting sin dealt with you had to deal with the sin you had to say that doesn't reflect God's holiness this is not the standard that God sets but yet they still said yes to the Lord the environment the reason we have to talk about this slowly because this is not a quick thing like yeah 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 if you sin, and if you ever found yourself in the moment where we're doing what we would call an altar call which is in our version coming to the front of the room if you if you've been in that moment and you was thinking, I wonder how long it's gonna last I wonder how long we got to sit through that one. That's not the cultural environment that I'm asking us to set together as we go into 2022. I'm asking you to go into deep intercession. But I find, remember, I'm still on this discipleship. I'm still on consecration and I'm still on the story with Ronald. So you don't think I'm just skipping all around. The, the deeper the gospel goes in you, the more powerfully uh, articulated and displayed it'll be for others. If the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is rescuing you on a regular basis, that same grace that's pulling you out of a pit will start pulling everybody out of a pit. So perhaps sin that was dealt with on the cross is being picked back up by us and causing us to live a life far beneath our privilege and more importantly, far beneath our effectiveness as a church. I am telling you by the spirit of God that he wants to, he wants to deal with this. Let me take you to an Old Testament scripture that God gave me that kind of eclipsed the scripture, one of the scriptures that I really wanted to teach you tonight. And so for whatever reasons that he has given me this one, so no, I don't have time to fully contextualize it for you, but I'm going to stop on some of the principles of it. It's specific for us. This is Isaiah 1, verse 10. Again, I don't have the time to fully just contextualize everything for you. So I'm just going to get into assuming you get some basic Bible understanding and knowledge. Hear, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. No, verse 10. I'm sorry. I told you verse 10, and then I read verse 2, which was silly. And I'm, baby, somebody get a mic so read because I'm going to be going through some scriptures in a minute. Verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teachings of our God, you people of Gomorrah. I just want you to know he's really speaking to the children of Israel and, and to Judah, but he's, he's comparing them to a city that they would hate, Sodom and Gomorrah. So look at the contrast that the Lord is already bringing. Before we even start out, He's talking to his people 
about being like a city that vexes him and them. He says, you go, read verse 11. Are you going to be my reader today? Okay, read. Either one. Verse 11. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Just, just stop. I, I can't hardly. I want to scream. You see, God is requiring something different than just uh, lip service, going through the motions. Well, I give my tithes. I give my offering. I give an hour to serve once a month. I do a small group. I've given God a portion of my life so that I can purchase back my life from him to do what I want to do, really. And so I'm doing these activities as if he wants the activities more than he wants my heart. And he always knows the difference. He institutes the standard. Then when they're fulfilling the standard, he's saying, I still don't want it the way you're doing it. He says, I can't believe, remember the theme here is com, uh, consecration. And he says, I don't like your convocations, which is a solemn assembly, which is a set apart time, which was the festivals, which was Yom Kippur, which is all of these things, these holy days where all you do is focus on the Lord. And this group of people was doing it better than we could ever do. This Jewish group of people were doing it better than we ever could dream of doing it. And he's saying, basically, I don't like any of it because I'm sick of your iniquity with your solemn assembly. For purposes of this meeting, let's give you a James Lowe quick definition of iniquity. Iniquity is a disposition in opposition to the will or word of God. Iniquity is a disposition in opposition to the will or word of God. He said, I'm sick of it. Can you imagine that the Lord would see our raising of the hands and say, sick of it? Can you imagine that we can give our sacrificial gifts? He says, I'm sick of it. Because you think that you can live how you like versus how I like, but then show up on the holy days and do something and that gets you off the hook, and I don't like it. And let me tell you the application for us. That disposition, this is the scripture he gave me. I'm going to keep going, but this is one he gave me. That disposition, as painful as it might feel, is an insight the Lord gave me 
to us. Does it mean holistically? No. You know? Does it mean probably? Yes. Do you have to deal with it? Yeah. Is it individual? Yes. But is it corporate? Yes. Let's keep going with what he says. Verse 15 or 14, we'll start again then. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. And when do you see the Lord using that kind of language? Hey, I hate that. I hate it. I hate what you're doing. Hate it. Read. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing. I mean, we wearing God out. <laughs> you know, every, just think about when somebody get on your nerves. Oh, God. You, you grab your head and say, oh, Lord, if they say something else. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> he see your hands and my hands in worship and say, oh, help me. They still don't get it. They don't get me. They've been serving me 20 years, so they say, and they don't, they don't get that. I don't want none of that. They fake hallelujah. And that doesn't mean, and let me say this really clearly. That doesn't mean from your perspective that you haven't graduated to what you think is sincerity. That means if you stay in a sin pattern long enough, you become numb to the bad behavior. And you know what you need to break it up? You need a word from God. This is what he's given us. So to break it up, to see how bad or how far it is, you need a word from God to say, let me cut through this. I don't like it. It's wearing me out. Just keep it. Read. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Now, I know he had to read that slow because it's almost like, when are we going to get to the good part? But you got to feel the bad before you can get to the good. I mean, that's just tough. I, w I will not listen. Hands full of blood. Well, you say, well, I know somebody probably read that scripture and said, well, I'm glad I haven't killed anybody. But, you know, your anger, your frustration, your backbiting or your gossiping or your words, they can, they can, they can do damage as well. Again, I know that we don't come to church to hear how bad we are. I want to just... Pause before we keep going. He loves us. This is a faithful wound. This is a this is a, a loving adjustment. This is this is a purging out of something. This is a, a pushing you toward what you really want. But you don't want to get things from God, a miracle for God, and don't get God. Many people throughout the scripture got a healing or a miracle or some type of breakthrough, but they didn't get God. I'm, this is about, don't get so excited about what's coming in the other weeks where you see some dynamic expressions of the Lord. Just see the Lord. Read. Wash yourselves. Yeah, here, here we go. Now, now he's going to give you a list. And every time you see one of these words, what I want you to do is underline it in your Bible or start seeing in your mind's eye how you're going to do these activities. He's going to give you about 10 things you can do. Read. Wash yourselves. Say it make, slow enough where people can just take a, a, a little snapshot. Make yourselves clean. You don't just, you know, you know there's washing and then there's just washing up. Like you got to, 
you can turn on the shower, but you got to clean yourself up. Like, do something. Don't just stand under the shower. Keep going. Remove. No, I'm, I, no this, this, it's got to get here. You got to remove the evil. Remove, you can't just acknowledge, I need a bath. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Clean, wash up. No, go back. Wash up. Clean up. Get it, get it out of the way and, you know, and stop doing it. Just stop. Learn to do good. Now, and what I want you to replace it with is the right stuff. Seek to learn to do good. I don't have time, but if you were go to, um, let me, because I want you to catch it. If you were skipping over to Romans 6, verse 16, it says, do not... Uh, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? Keep going. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. Stop. You become, uh, uh, say it again, obedient to the standard of teaching of which you were committed, this is learning to do good. The standard of teaching of which you were committed. Remember, I started you with a story of discipleship of Ronald. I didn't come, I, I did not know I was a baby in Christ. All I could do was desire to send sick milk or the word, but somebody discipling me had to teach me to observe and to do all that was written. I didn't know how to live. I knew how to cuss. I knew how to lust. I knew how to fight. I knew how to stir up trouble. I had to be retrained. The standard means the model or the mold or the imitate, follow me, like Paul says, as I follow Christ. Uh, the things you see in me, uh, you know, you could do them. Uh, I can't remember how to quote that scripture, but who are you modeling after? And if right now you don't have, hear me, this is the cultural one. If right now you don't feel like you have a list that is significant to model after, we need a significant cultural shift immediately. Wow. If, it, if you're not being able to populate a notebook with names, then something's happened that has blinded us to the standard. If I can't walk past my name and say, oh, standard, pure, just, just oh, so godly, oh, just praise him, oh, my God. Or it has to be, man, who, who, who is it? Yeah, you know, they, they, you know if, 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 if we had to make some exceptions and stuff, you know, that, they, they can make it. Now, them. You were taught, now I was taught a standard. And I know this is where we get off because sometimes people say, well, that's right for you, it's not right for me. And I'm going to give you that. Let, let me say I'll give you that. 
But there are some universal, there's enough universal right things to do. But you don't get, you have to get stuck on that, the nuance. We should feel that way. We should look at the body of Christ uh, at large and be able to name a lot of people. I am not content to know that when the pandemic hit and it revealed our nominal Christianity had dominated the church, that we're just not going to name it. We were not prepared. We did not provide the, our maximum redemptive potential to the world at that time. And we need to, as we go to 2022, get, be better prepared because if you didn't know, the, the world needs us and, it, and it's not done with crisis. Failure last year doesn't have to mean failure in the coming year. Go back to Isaiah, please. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. So, seek justice. That would have helped us during the pandemic, wouldn't it? Right. Yes, it would. It, you know, the believers wouldn't have been afraid to seek justice. We, we all, let me speak about myself. I don't want to put none of you. Sometimes I feel like I sought political correctness. Though it did not dominate my life, it was enough of a question where I had to ask a couple of questions like, how is that going to be, you know, received? Like, like God doesn't deserve that. It's just whatever he says. He don't deserve my pause. I'm his mouthpiece. Seek justice. That means it's active. You're not, you're not waiting to see, well, I'm just waiting to see what comes up on the news, and if it comes up on the news, and if it's in my city, and if it's in my neighborhood, and if it's really close enough within my five-mile radius, then I'll start praying about it because then I'm designed to intercede, but I'm not going to do anything because I don't know what to do. No, you seek it. When you have learned what you're here to do, you seek it. When you're consecrated and sanctified and meet for the master's you, 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 you seek it. And then you correct oppression. You know when you were the, a new believer and you walked into environments, and as soon as you got into environments, you started correcting people even though you were young saint? Mm -hmm. I used to have this policy. Wherever I go, if I see anyone doing evil or wrong, and there's a leader in the room who's doing nothing, then I am the de facto leader. And I don't care if that's the president of the United States. If I see wrong, and I, it's another leader, oh, sure, he'll get it. And he's not getting it? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't want to bother anybody. He's still leading the meeting, but that, that's not, no, we don't do that. What happened to those believers? What happened to those believers who can say, that's sin? That's iniquitous. That he hates, that frustrates him, that he says, you can keep it. Read. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Man, we, I, years ago when I was reading this scripture, we, we started a, a ministry to the widows in this church. And you know what I was amazed at? That there were so many. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you, you, you kind of say something when you read the scripture, oh, I don't know, widow. Yes, you do. They're around you. 
in your neighborhood. They're all around you. They're living in houses alone. Nobody cut their grass. They become hoarders. They couldn't figure out how to get their life together, and no one cares. The fatherless are everywhere, and all we do is try to avoid them. Oh, when I see them at the movies. Saw some young people smoking at the movies and, 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 and cussing. What am I supposed to do? Just go to, go to my movie? No, no, seriously. Am I on the earth to ignore opportunities? Or is that like they're seeing in front of me like an opportunity or the invitation to say, maybe I got to do something. Intercede if I'm afraid. Say hi. And redirect the activity. And it is just a, it's just 10 things you can come up with to do. But do you, do you say, oh, when people do, if I just say business, that's a worldly perspective. You're here to be a light to the world, a city that sits on a hill that cannot be hidden. Oh, remember I was telling you, when I, I was ready, when I go into a place, that's how, not, I'm just going to take you back 10 years ago when, I, when we eradicated, well, eradicate is too strong of a word when we significantly reduced gang activity in Nashville, Tennessee, it's because I went to the neighborhood and I said this, and I remember I was, uh, I, I took a, a couple uh, people from the church and wife didn't, she dove back in this game. I wouldn't tell you everything because you wouldn't have let me go, but I called it the midnight run. And we would go, we would start our ministry trip at midnight. We would stay out there to about three or four in the morning because that's, when the sinners was out. And I remember standing on the day where everybody, stood, I mean, it's, it's like noonday out there. There's so many people on the street doing all kinds of open sin. There is no police there. And you just, you out there. And I didn't pull up no time. And, you know, people coming to my car with the gun. What's up? What's up? I said, hey, man, I'm just coming here to pray for people. You got any requests? No, that's serious. That's what I'm, I'm just, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm here to pray for you. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 man. My mama, you know, and go back to selling drugs. Okay, great. Then I got, I, I told the guys, I said, we, we got to get out the car. They said, we getting out. I said, we getting out. You want to get out? I said, no, I want to get out. I love my life. I, we getting out, though. <laughs> we getting out. We out the car. I mean, when you're away from your car, it's like a safety, like, like home base when you're playing hide and seek. Like, I'm on base. You can't, you can't freeze tag me. I'm, 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 a, and, and so, um, I'm, I'm out there and, and somebody, and, I, and I'm standing above you, and somebody comes behind me and puts, say, bang, bang. And I say, oh, shit. Yeah, he's scared. He's scared. At that moment, I realized, oh, the devil is that bold. I said, I, I, I said, I remember her saying, I said, well, I came either to live for Christ or to die tonight. Because I said, that offends me. And I remember that that overplay of the devil's hand, it was a big dice game. Everybody's doing it. And I just started yelling out, from tonight on, if you sell dope or do crime in this place, You'll get caught. You'll be judged. I said, I sanctify this place 
I consecrate this place for God. It's no longer yours. Now what you want to do? Who's got a problem? And I said, if you want to shoot me, you can shoot tonight because it ain't going to I start, I, I got bold. Years, you would sell a lot of places and then say we got rid of it everywhere. Person after person arrested. Not saying I wanted somebody shot and killed, but the reality is some people, they left the planet. Just to be real with you. It was over for them. Because God was doing real business because a real, not to compliment myself, but at the moment, a consecrated vessel showed up. Say, let's do business. All of these three weeks are leading you to a cost. It's not the cost. It, I can't pay yours. But you got to pay. And, you, and you're here tonight because you want to pay. And I'm going to give you specifics. So with the balance of my time, Oh, let me finish this scripture out. Yeah, 18. Come now, let us, let us reason together, says the Lord. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. I love this. The Lord's just been rebuking and challenging and trying to get the house in the order. And he said, come on, let's talk. Let, let's talk. Read. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. Praise for the, God. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Come, let's, let's talk about this. What did you want to talk about? Our sin? Oh, oh, let me go to First John, because just in case somebody need a little, just a little bit more encouragement on sin before we pray for you. Just a little bit. Go to 2, I think it's 2. Maybe it's three. I'm looking for if three, we say four. we have no. Uh, 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 that's one. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start at the. If we say we have no sin. Ah, uh, yeah, but 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 I want I want to go further higher up. All right. Yeah, let's start it. Let's start at uh six. First John 1, 6. Your mic is, can you, can you help his mic yeah, a little bit, dim. please? If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we are all right and have fellowship with him, kononia, partnership, deep relationship, this, this could actually be a lie if we... If we're living a duplicitous life, read. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now, if you're willing to tell yourself the truth tonight and walk in the light, and every time you walk in the light, it exposes everything that's dark. Read. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yes. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's just stop there. And the last scripture you're going to be going to is Romans 12. You know, this was a difficult thing for me as a believer, but because of the way I was discipled in a daily way where my discipler was in contact with me daily for years, living with them daily for years, because it was so, such a part of the culture, some of my greatest, most powerful times with God the times I were more sanctified and consecrated was because I was having to walk in the light so regularly. Right now, if you don't have a relationship with God where you walk in the light with him, and you don't have a discipleship relationship on the earth where you can walk in the light with another human being, you're in major trouble. And you have to solve that. And tonight was designed. Who's ever doing the music, you can come back. Tonight was designed to bring you face to face with the spirit of truth. There's no need for anything else if you've got things in your life that separate you from God. Isaiah 59.1 says, the arm of the Lord is not too short that he cannot save, nor his ear too dull that he cannot hear. It is your sin that separates you from your God, and it is your iniquity that hides his face from you. It starts, you are a leader. If you're in here tonight, I'm calling, I'm telling you, I'm calling you up to lead. I don't care what you viewed yourself as before. You are a leader. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for helping to change the landscape of this church by starting with you. It's a painful thing, the number of 6 a.m. prayer meetings I come to and I get to lead such a great people and God always, for so many years, just turns the light on my sin. And I have to reach down to the gospel so consistently to stand before people. And I don't get a break from it because I'm a pastor. I don't get to have a pile of secret sin and, and little stuff. In fact, I get more judgment from God and people. Penalties, uh, excuse me, the, 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 the conviction is so high because the results of living wrong when you're a leader, so far reaching. People wait to see a leader do something, say, see, they did it, I can do it. They did it. I can do it. And we become so casual with one another that you think and I think that you get away with your You don't get in the way with anything. The Bible says he's going to judge us for every idle, unproductive, hurtful word we say. 
Doesn't matter. I'm talking about even in private, even when I'm with my wife and I still hear the Holy Spirit go, Yo, you know, so-and-so said, ah, the Holy Spirit said, I can't say that even in private. I can't say it in private. I can't even have my private thoughts. No, I got to have a holy life. The Bible says, in him is light and light and no darkness at all. The more I get close to God, the more I reflect his glory, and the more this world and these things, they grow strangely dim, but I have to consistently stay in the light. God gave me all these scriptures as a word to us to consecrate. I'm going to be very specific for just a moment so that we can have a prayer time. He is calling us as a church to sanctify ourselves. This consecration is far more than a new moon or a festival or a holy convocation. It is a consecrated life. He's always been trying to get people to consecrate themselves to him when he brought the people out of Egypt and brought them to the mountain and they agreed, hey, we want to be consecrated. We'll wash, we'll do it. Only the moment the Lord turns around, they're making another idol, something else their God. You know what it cost them? A trip into all God planned for them. Forty years of being taken care of, but not being fruitful in the kingdom work. We're not different. That's in the Bible so us to learn from it. We're, we're Bethlehem, we're not special. This is a family meeting because our time can come and go. And if God called you to be a part of this church, then this is us. And I'm saying as a leader, I want us to deal with our sins so that we can create an environment where sinners are comfortable dealing with theirs. This is the first step. Because when God gently whispers to you about your sin, you'll know how to whisper to somebody who didn't invite you into your life and say, can I pray with you? I know you got something going on. Can I have permission? He told me, James, I'm sorry you came in. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, and these are going to be so little and basic things, but it's what he's calling us to. Tell my people, pray daily. Read the word daily. Sanctify something to the Lord, some of your time every week. He didn't give me what that lengthy. I don't care if it's 15 minutes. It's just your five minutes, Lord. I don't care. Sanctify something for me. Tell him that's yours. It's so exclusive, it's yours. Hold on, there's another one. I don't want to forget it. Pray for deliverance daily. It's the job of the enemy to blind our minds lest we see the glorious light of the gospel. And if you need the gospel every day, he's trying to blind you every day. You need deliverance every day. If you're going to escape what's on, on radio and TV and, 
or streaming, if you're going to escape all the pollution that's in the world, you're going to need deliverance every day. James Lowe needs deliverance from the devil every day. Everything, because I got windows open, doors open, I got things I'm not paying attention to, I'm, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and the enemy just started attaching to all those little things. Then you get all moody and wink, mood swingy, and you just, just say, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. No, you've let demonic influence drive you. If your mood is swinging, maybe something is then attached to you. Up and down, up and down, up and down. That's not the life he promised. And I'm not telling you to work for the mercy and the grace of God. I'm not. But I am giving you the clues of how to cooperate with what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to do through you better. This is a holy moment. Let's lock in in the next few minutes. Can I, can I have permission to pray in the Spirit over you? I feel the burden of the Lord. When I finish praying in the Spirit, if someone feels like they have the interpretation to what's going on, you just stand up. I'll give you a, a moment to give it. And if you don't, I will. Anyone? I don't rebuke you because I am mad, says the Lord. I rebuke you because I am sad. My heart hurts because of sin. Because I died for sin. But yet you, you choose to live in it. Your worship, your praise is empty. Not because you don't know me. It's because you have chosen the tradition of church rather than seeking me, the one who gave you the church. Turn from your ways. Turn from your ways. My heart hurts for you. My heart hurts, but I love you. I want you to come back. Your sin has made its way to my nostrils. Turn from your sin, your wicked ways, and I will receive you, says the Lord. I will receive you because I love you. I need you. You are my hands. 
You are my feet. You are my eyes. I love you. I need you. You are the apple of my eye. But turn from your ways, says God. Stay with humble hearts. Let me add to the word that Pastor Darrell just gave. For I am taking you as a church through a season of revival and awakening. I will move by my spirit, saith the Lord. I will move in you individually and collectively, and you will see the dead areas in your, in your life revive and raise up. For you have been heavy burdened and heavy laden, and I, the Lord, am taking those heavy burdens, and I am making sure you can have life. No longer will you just exist, you will live. No longer will you just walk through the mundane and, you, and, and be aimless and wander, saith the Lord. I'm giving you purposeful living because you have opened your heart to me because you have reasoned with me. I, the Lord, will now make you new. Be free to confess to me. Be free to be open with me. I don't come with a heavy hand. I come with a loving heart to distribute to you, saith the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want you to take the next three minutes and lock in with the Lord. And let him, tell, ask him to search you. It's individual. Ask him to search you and ask him to put his finger on any iniquity, which is a disposition in opposition of, of, to the will of the word of God. Ask him to put his finger on any sin. Just ask him to do that. <laughs> 